and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Dan, Arsenal fan, right for EPLindex.com, and you can get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Hi, I'm Sean. I'm a West Ham fan. I write for ClarentHugh.info. I write for WestHamTillIDie.com. I'm a podcaster or more than just a podcast, West Ham podcast, and find me on Twitter at West Ham Football. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Up first, of course, we have Making the Rounds, where we each have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs, as neither of you have been on this season thus far. Uh, we'll talk mostly about what's been happening this offseason and any transfers or anything like that that's been happening. Dan, obviously, you're about to have to be pushed into the transfer market as you've just had another center back go down. Shocker. Um, well, as far as people we have signed, we signed uh, Granite Daka from uh, Basel. I'm uh, not from Basel, from Mutch and Gladbach, but I think everyone knows that by now. Uh, we signed Rob Holding from Bolton, a center back who is probably going to have to play against Liverpool now. Great. Um, yeah, those are the main two. We signed someone else. I'm totally blanking on who it is, but they're not going to play in the first team, so it's fine. Um, yeah, we. I think Wenger has made it pretty clear that after Murdersacker went down injured, he was planning on buying a center back. Now he's just going to have to doubly be planning on buying a center back because Gabriel looks like he's probably out till a long time because that that injury looked really bad. Um, yeah, um, so center back definitely something we're going to have to buy. Uh, link the most linked player is uh, Mustafi from Valencia. I can't really say his first name, so I'm going to try. Uh, I'd be pretty happy with him. He's a good enough center back, and quite frankly, we just need someone who you know is a first teamer because we don't really have any of those anymore until Kishanli comes back from uh, being rested after his uh, international exploits of France. And even when he comes back, we're down to one now. So yeah, we just need a center back. Uh, also new striker, most linked guy is Alexandre Lacazette, although he did go off at halftime yesterday against PSG with a uh, not really specified injury. I think Alas said it was a quad and the coach said it was a knee. Something something is wrong with one of his legs. Uh, it seemed more precautionary than anything. No one really realized he was hurt till, um the manager said afterwards. Uh, I have no idea if it'll affect any possible transfer moves for him, but... We need a striker, whether it's him or someone else, because right now we're down to Giroud and the half striker, but it is Theo Walcott. Yeah, are you worried at all about how these injuries are being handled? And with some of the stars we had heard for a while that some of them weren't going to be involved too early, but they're still being involved in friendlies. Do you think that like the likes of Utzel and Giroud or Koscielny, any of those the ones that have already been ruled out, could still sneak in if you have other situations that call for them? Uh, probably not. I think uh, striker for Giroud, we've already got, or we'll, we'll play one of Alexis or Theo. Uh, we're fine at midfield. Uh, it's not going to be a natural number 10 playing for Ozil, but we might just play 4-1-4-1 or just play Cazorla or Ramsey at 10. And um, for Koscielny, if Wenger was going to try and rush him back, he would have tried already at this point. We're, it's not going to make a huge difference. It's, we're going to be have at least one semi-first team center back regardless we might have two now um depends on how quickly we can get a center back in i don't think he's going to rush kashelny especially with the chronic achilles injuries he's he's suffered with over the past two years uh i think they'll be fine we have kind of rushed back alexis and ramsey but they seem pretty fine today in the friendly and um yeah they know more than we do as far as their fitness 
Alexis uh, time off wise was fine. It was more of the fact that he had that really uh, possibly bad, not never really specified ankle injury where his ankle was really, really purple. But then no one actually really said what his injury was other than his ankle hurt. And Ramsey was, he had, I guess, just enough time because he didn't play in the uh, semifinals, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But he's probably being rushed back a bit, but hopefully it works out. Fair enough. And Sean, it's been a while since you've been on. Obviously busy. West Ham have a whole new stadium. Why don't you talk us through West Ham's busy summer? Well, I mean, it started with the Dimitri Payet uh, show, which, you know, suddenly it's like the world woke up and went, this guy's really good. Where's he been? Why is he at West Ham? <laughs> and, um, you know, he's, he needs to go to Real Madrid. And, and people forget, you know, he's 29 years old. Um, and he signed a five-year deal with West Ham. And this was all paper talk. Oh, that's the last game we ever played for West Ham. You know, and, you know, we were very proud of him and what he did for France. And um, he's literally come back uh, yesterday into training. He's been given uh, his contractual three and a half weeks off, uh, came back training yesterday and played 15 minutes this afternoon. I've just got back from the stadium where we played Juventus for the Betway Cup, um, that big piece of silverware that everyone wants to win. Um, I mean, we played our kids' second half, but um, Andy Carroll scored two and, and we lost 3-2. But going back a little bit over the summer, you know, we've, we've, been, we've toured the US, we've, we've toured Austria, uh, not got all the results we, we wanted, uh, and we've been depleted because of the Euros from a lot of our top players. Um, but we're still trying to dip into the transfer market uh, we've got Fanguli, we've got Norfolk, we've got Tor. Uh, good additions, but we haven't spent a lot of money. Tor is on loan. The other two were freeze. Uh, we've sold James Tompkins as well for ten million to Palace. Um, so we, we need. We know our chairman has said we've got a big statement of intent to get a twenty-plus goal, uh, goal scorer. I don't know why he says stuff like that. Cause you set yourself up. No, we we looked at Bashawi. I can't say. What, what, how do you pronounce Bashu his name? Bashu 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 I. Bashu I. And uh, we looked at uh, Lacazette as well. Uh, they both turned us down. Uh, Carlos Baca also turned us down and sort of said, well, I might come to you if there's no one else. But it looks like we are going to land uh, Andre Ayew. And, um, you know, we, we understand he's going to be used in a number of positions both as a striker and in the mid and the right wing and the left wing. And, and Billich believes, you know, he, he can score a lot of goals for West Ham. Um, we've also got a left back problem. You know, Cresswell's got out for four months. Uh, we haven't had a lot of luck there. We've been turned down by Norwich for Robbie Brady. We, we bid eight million there. Then we bid for Martin Olsen, three million, then four million turned down. Then he gets injured yesterday. So we're out of him. Um, and uh, equally, we're looking a number of other left backs uh, who who either turned us down or uh, and we had a failed medical, didn't we, with uh, um, Santon over the weekend. So we've got this, uh, and I can't remember his name. The, this guy from Olympiakos, um, who's a, a Frenchman, playing out in Greece, uh, that looks like he's just about to join us. Um, and and a, as I said, AU. Um, but we still need to strengthen, to be honest, in quite a few areas because we are, you know, we, we still right back 
Antonio really is not a right back. Uh, we're strong in, in the centre back, I think, uh, you know, with Ogbonna uh, and Reed, uh, Ginger, uh, Pele, uh, um, which is James Collins to you and everyone else. Uh, had an excellent game against Juventus today and he's a really good backup centre back. But do you know what? On Thursday night when we played Europa, um, Reese Oxford is amazing centre back and showed how good he is and I, it won't be long till he's knocking on the door so away from transfer business uh, we had our Europa game uh, two Europa games against these Slovenian minnows uh, Domzal and yeah we, we lost 2-1 I don't know if we were we didn't wake up we didn't take it seriously they played really well to be mm-hmm. fair um, but last Thursday of course big game first game uh, now it's called the London Stadium what was the former Olympic Stadium we smashed our record a home attendance record in 1972 it was something like 44 45,000 was the most people would ever seen watch a West Ham match we smashed that with 30 uh, sorry 53,914 people coming to see a West Ham match and I was in the East End it was absolutely amazing uh, don't believe people who say oh there's a great big now, looking over the, the running track and you need binoculars and everything, it's an amazing stadium. There are amazing sight lines. It's an amazing atmosphere. So we won 3-0. We're on to the next round in the playoff rounds of Europa. Uh, we play Astra from Romania, who, who knocked us out last time uh, when, we, when we put in the kids. And, of course, today, bring us right up to date. I, I've just got back from going to... The London Stadium to watch Juventus uh, beat us in in the Betway Cup. Two Andy Carroll um, goals uh, to keep us alive, uh, but it wasn't meant to be. We got some work to do. You know, we've got to play Chelsea in um, how many days' time is it? Oh, um, oh, it's not many, on is it? less than a week. Yeah, Monday. You're right, Monday night. Um, I'm a bit worried. We're not quite ready for Premier League. You know. You can't, you won't get away with playing a youngster as a left back. You know, you won't get away with Antonio as a right back. Um, you know, it's good that Payet came back today and we, we, we get a few of our others back, but we will be found out. And I, I believe, just to set us up for the next, this is going to be that second tricky season for Village. It, it really is. We, you know, we had a really good start to the season beating Arsenal in the first day of the Premier League, sorry to mention that, Dan, um, when Reese Oxford played. I think it's going to be hard to replicate that this season. I still believe we're going to be a top 10 uh, finish, uh, but, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say we're pushed for top four and, you know, we'd be very lucky to get top six because everybody wants top six. Mm. But that's that's it from the. I, I could go on for hours, <laughs> but I won't. Uh, they're, they're, you know, it's a really busy time. We're glad to be in a new stadium. And all I would say to all other fans, uh, certainly in the UK, if you get a chance when your away game comes, come down to the the Olympic Stadium, to the London Stadium, and look at it for yourself. Don't believe what everybody else says about it. It truly is an awe-inspiring place. But don't wear other teams' kits, as we talked before. Uh, yeah, don't before wear other. Uh, just to give it some context, uh, I was at the game today, and I was just talking off air to Kevin and saying it really upset me. People were wearing 
for kits. You know, there was a Man United top, there was a Chelsea top, there was an Arsenal top, there was an Aston Villa top. And I'm saying, okay, if you want to come for a friendly and look at the stadium and watch West Ham um, or even just watch Juventus, have a little bit of respect. Don't wear Get something else out of your wardrobe. Why does it have to be your team's football top? It seems a, a slightly little bit disrespectful, but maybe I'm being oversensitive. <laughs> I think we all get it uh, to an extent. Uh, I'm not going to bore you too long with Tottenham information, which the West Ham and Arsenal fan on this show probably appreciate, uh, as I you know, caught everybody up last weekend. Uh, since then, we did have a 6-1 win over Inter Milan, which was very fun uh, to watch. Uh, five of those goals were very, very well taken. Uh, and the sixth was a beautiful build-up play. Uh, I think the big takeaways were that Kane and Ali seem to have shaken off whatever rust they uh, showed with England over the summer. Um, both seem to be back and raring to go. Eriksen still looks half and half, which I don't understand because he's the only one that didn't have to play the Euros this summer, basically. Um, Chadley did not travel. Looks like he may be on his way. Uh, it looked like he was going to go to Swansea but with them bringing in Lorente and... Borgia, I'm not sure they'll be in for a third forward, although they could be as they've uh, lost Gomis Eder uh, and now potentially IU to West Ham, as Sean was mentioning. Um, Jansen is just so strong. It, it really is impressive. Uh, we wish that the Nkudu deal would have been done by now. There's a whole lot of confusing things. If you're more interested, check out Lyle Thomas on Twitter. Uh, he had a really good write-up for Sky Sports today on why that deal's been held up. But if you look at Wanyama and Jansen, I mean, those are two very big, very strong men uh, added to a team like ours where, you know, tenacity is one of the most sought-after traits by uh, Mauricio Pochettino. Uh, so it's just seeing the way Jansen was manhandling defenders was very impressive. The finish he had was very clean. I think he's a little bit shy to shoot the ball at the moment, but that caused him to have an excellent one-two with Ali for Ali's goal. Um, just uh, There's just this little twinge in the back of my mind that it just feels a little Soldado-esque. And I hate saying that because I love him as both a Dutch fan and a Tottenham fan. But um, hopefully that will work out. But his strength is absolutely impressive. And the, the ball just seems to glue to his foot. Lamella continues to have an amazing preseason. I think that'll carry in, especially once we get into the Champions League, uh, where he's just going to have acres of space to do whatever he wants with the ball. Um, so I think he'll be in for, for a big one as well. Uh, we've seen a lot of Cameron Carter-Vickers. Looks like we're not going to try to sign any center backs. Um, he'll just kind of deputize as, as backup for uh, Alderweireld. We also have Dyer who can fill in there if we have to. So I think this Nkudu deal, assuming it does still get done, despite all the complications, is basically the last thing you'll see from uh, Tottenham in this quote-unquote summer, as we're only a week away from the start of the Premier League season. So not, not too much craziness going on, um, but was very pleased with that result midweek. All right, now we will head into the topic where we're going to talk uh, well, we're going to extend what we talked about in the last show, which was just the title talk. Now we're going to expand that to top four. And if we have time, maybe we'll get into a little relegation talk as well. There, are, Everybody, I think, agrees pretty much six established teams that are really chasing that top four. You could argue seven. Um, but of those, of those clubs available, which ones do you think are most likely to finish in that two to four spot? Um. Well, I think my one is really, I have no idea who's going to win the title right now, but for now, it's going to be City. It might change tomorrow. I really don't know. But um, for top four as a whole, I guess I've, my thought right now is City, Arsenal, United, and Chelsea, as boring as that sounds. Uh, it's really, really tight between um, 
those four, Liverpool and Tottenham. But I think I think that's how it's going to be right now. Obviously, all these opinions could change if one team buys X player or one team sells X player. But for now, that's what I'll stick with. I'm going to be a bit more controversial. Um, I, I I think, you know, Jose Mourinho will absolutely smash the league this year. I think he's got a point to prove. And in some really cruel way, I hope he does, because I know it will really upset Chelsea fans. You know, they didn't want him to leave. So um, I, I tip them, obviously, for first place. Uh, you know, Man City will be there or thereabouts with, with, with their squad and their amount of money. Um, I think Chelsea won't be making that, that mistake again in, in finishing outside the top four. Um, so, so I put them in the top four. Um, and, and the remaining place is a bit more difficult. Um, but I, I would probably still give it to Arsenal. Um, and, and I'm afraid I'm going to say Mr. Jurgen Klopp, uh, from a Liverpool point of view, it's too soon to him. You know, it, I just don't see him finishing the top four this year. I know it will be expected, and he's got his own signings in, and a lot will be expected. I don't see it. And I'm, I'm afraid, Kevin, I'm also, and this is not a personal thing, think that, <laughs> you know, you, you had your chance and you blew it last year. I don't see, I see your top six, Spurs, but I don't see your top four this year. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and Leicester... You know, I, I, I think them, again, challenging for the top six. Um, but this, this is why I say why West Ham, you know, what, what, there's going to be so much. It was such a strange season last year with really Man United, Chelsea and Liverpool falling off, you know, the title chase. Mm. And, and even City to an know. extent, falling down to fourth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that ain't going to happen again, right? I, I, people go, oh, well, if it happened once, it will happen again. Come on, guys. You know, this is too big. We've seen how much money they're prepared to spend. They ain't going to make the same mistake again. I think they got slightly complacent. It was one of those weird years. Uh, Leicester, I think, will do well, right? But they've got Champions League football. And uh, And they've probably got worse. Like, I think they've got worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mares that they've lost and... So I, I don't I, I see them possibly challenging for top six, but you know, are they title contenders? No. Could they get in the top four? Small outside chance. I'm pretty sure normal uh service will be resumed. Um and that includes <laughs> Spurs missing out on Champions <laughs> League, I'm afraid. Um and, I don't and think Liverpool. you're that afraid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that afraid at all. Um so it's a bit boring. Uh, although it's probably controversial to say that I think Jose I've got a lot of time for Jose I think he's one of those characters I love his arrogance um, and you know what he's a proper manager and, you know let's look at Man United they're a good run club they've got some good talent there it just hasn't been used correctly mm. um, LVG just wasn't the man to do it Um and you know he 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 will re- he will bring them back from you know the phoenix from the ashes i think jose and as i said it will drive chelsea fans absolutely mad there will be a lot of grudge matches and um fair play to him i like the guy mm. and um 
let's see if I'm right. I prob- probably uh, I will say all that, and now they'll, uh, they'll be garbage. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. They get relegated. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you made an excellent point. Also, just before we have to deal with this during the season, when everybody decides to get excited for Manchester United versus Chelsea, realize it's Mourinho versus Conte. If there's a yeah. goal scored in that match, I'd be surprised. Um, yes, no, I, I I agree with you, and I think that Manchester United of the teams up that side of the table have the best full eleven man squad. Uh, I think City have a lot of issues with aging slash injury players. Uh, Chelsea obviously have a lot to answer for after last season, especially defensively trying to fit into Conte's system. If he wants to play three at the back, they just do not have the squad for that. They literally Um, don't have three center backs. They don't, yeah. With Zuma, they still need to bring back Andreas Christensen, but now it sounds like they might sell him. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I think that's no sense. That's official, but it's going to happen. That's what I heard. Yeah, it's so strange. I don't get it. It Makes no sense. At least they had Papa Gillibaldi, but now they've sold him to Sunderland. It's it's very strange what they're doing. uh, Christensen's probably better than Cahill is right now, and Terry's not young, obviously. Yeah, and like, not, not none of them have the mobility or positional sense to play three at the back. Like, Zuma has the mobility, but I don't think he's, quote-unquote, good enough yet. And then Terry and Cahill don't have the speed. The, the, the most sensible thing that I've seen was saying, move Ivanovic to a right-sided center back. But even he doesn't have the most yeah, amazing Yeah, when that's position. the most sensible thing, that's yeah, not good. It's, it's not great news. So anyway, I think there are huge question marks uh, for Chelsea in their squad. Uh, and obviously Arsenal still haven't strengthened its striker or center back, although you will think that their hand will have been forced at least on the center back side. So yeah, I, I, I think United definitely have the best squad, and that's before they signed Pogba, which as we record is not officially official yet, uh, but he is about to have a medical, and you'd assume that that'll be done. Uh, yeah, imagine he just fails it catastrophically. That would Like be has some true. terrible thing that's like, okay, we can't sign him anymore, and all of this goes for nothing. He just like does it. You know what? Like Dewan Blair. This is a really small oh, <laughs> diagram yeah. oh, yeah. going for. <laughs> in the NBA draft, they found out he didn't have cartilage in his knees. Just didn't have it, <laughs> which was very strange. Um, but anyway, so yes, I agree with you on that. Shout. Moving on to the two through four, I think those I just mentioned the teams that I think will be in there: um, City, Chelsea, and uh, Arsenal. Although. I think the very interesting thing, and we touched on this a little bit last week, is that any of those six could be anywhere in that six. I think Liverpool, without having any other competitions, I think Mane, with his pace, adds a level to that attack that they didn't have previously. They already had the technique with Firmino and Coutinho. I think that top flight speed, and you've seen it this preseason, I'm not talking about results, I'm talking about play style, has really, really added a dynamic to that attack that will, that will unsettle many a defense. And he's um, really good. He is. He's he, really, he is. really good. He's just not actually a winger, which is a problem because he doesn't actually cross the ball that well. But, um, yes, no, that, that's why I didn't rate that deal that much. But he has fit in very well thus far. They also brought in Jeannie Winyoldum, who I love. Are they going to play him in central midfield like where he played for Eindhoven? Maybe. Um, Seems but, that way. And, and if Sturridge is fit for 25-plus games, you never know. Now, is he going to be? Probably not. So then how good is Divac Origi going to be? Will he be able to shoulder that burden? Or will Ings have to step up at some point? Or will Firmino play false nine like he's been doing in preseason and yeah, sometimes last year? I, I like Firmino. Do not like his haircut. Him and Moreno need well, to his haircut's terrible. It's but real bad. Um, real bad. Yeah, Tottenham, the squad will be better. I said this all of last season. That last year was, and I agree with you, Sean, last year was our chance. 
but the squad was not as good as it will be this year because all of those players are so young, they'll continue to improve, just the top will be blocked off a lot more this season. But if results go our way, we could be up in that that conversation. I, I agree. I do not currently have us in the top four. Chelsea, like I said, they don't really fit that personnel. They have about six wingers that they need to play every match. We know Conte loves Quadrado. He tried to sign him all of the times uh, when he was at Juventus. And one of the rumors about why he quit was that they weren't able to get him um, when he was at Fiorentina. So they could drop off City if Aguero gets hurt or anyone in their back line gets hurt that isn't already company. Can they compensate for that? Yaya Toure is too old. Gundogan's already an injury risk. We, they don't really have a left winger. You're deciding between Sterling, who obviously had a very rough summer and honestly didn't have a great last season, and Nolito, who I think is much more of a supplementary player than he is a starter. I'm just not that confident in that squad, which I think <laughs> I've worked my way backwards again to the point that I think United do have an excellent shout this season. Um, but yeah, Sean, I, I agree with you. I think Liverpool and Tottenham are the two on the outside looking in. I just think that that margin could be very close. And, and this could be one of those seasons where the kind of start that teams get off to could have massive ramifications. Usually the big teams are like, oh, they get off to a tough start. They'll make it up later. I think that this will be a much more competitive league from day one uh, yeah. than we saw yeah, last season. I, I, think, I think you're right that you know, competitive-wise, we won't see large gaps uh, this season. I think it will come down to, you know, it could come down to a game between some of those top teams we just mentioned on the difference of of who who ends up in the top four. You know, I, I, I do see, you know, I, I think we got to a point, and, and this is not just at the top of the division, this is at the bottom of the division. You know, we're getting to a point now where maybe 10 points separates the the, the top 10 and 10 points separates the bottom 10. Um, and, and then that's really scary, you know, certainly for, for chairman who, who may, you know, it's the worst time ever to get relegated with the new money coming in. Uh, and it, it's very fine margins. And I think, you know, you know, it, it, it will come down to goal difference on, on getting in the, the top four, top six, making Europe and et cetera. So I think that's good. For fans, that's good. We don't want uh, a Man United or a Chelsea or, or a Man City walking away with it, you know, 20 points in the lead. You know, I, I know it was painful, Kevin, but it was a great finish to the end of the season. Yeah. You know, everybody was rooting for Leicester City to do it. And, and you didn't know, you know, it almost went down to the wire. And, and that was one of the exciting things about last season. I do hope that no one walks away with it this season. And, you know, it, it goes right up to the wire. You know, we're, we're, we're playing for relegation and title and top four right up to the last game of the season. Yeah, the, the professionalism there, Sean, shining through. And now I have a brilliant segue into uh, talking about the relegation battle, which I, I also agree think will be very close. Uh, Dan, who would you tip uh, for that relegation fight? Um, I think Burnley and Hull are the obvious two, and I have no clue for the third spot. Uh, I want to say Sunderland because I want them to get relegated, but their squad seems good enough, and David Moyes isn't a bad manager, despite what people say. Yeah, I'm you. weirdly big on Sunderland this year. I know, so am I. I thought the Gillibudgee signing was really good. I think Van Anholt will thrive a lot more under Moyes. It looks like they they're going to get Yedlin back. Permanent. Yep, they might have they him, just him back. Apparently. Jermaine yeah, Lenz I, will actually matter this season because he won't get frozen out like he did under Sam. Defoe's going to score his 12 to 16 goals. I, I think that they... I. Uh, 
Mm, I'm not going to make a bet on the second show of the season. That did not uh, work well no, for me last year. But I want FIFA 18 for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, FIFA 18 already. Um, uh, I would not be surprised if Sunderland finished 12th or higher. Yeah, no, I, I don't like it because it's so past their time to get relegated already. They're just, they just won't do it. But And you'd have thought Big Sam leaves in the middle of the summer. Well, then that's as good a time as any. But now they've brought Moyes in. They actually have like a decent enough looking squad and... Oh, and Lamina Kone is really good, as is Wabi Kosri. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to stop talking about really Sunderland. Yeah, we need to stop that. But <laughs> it, it's like the teams I actually like are kind of worrying me. Palace and Swansea. Both of them are uh, not having the assist. Well, Palace at Barton Mandanda, that's something. Uh, I don't really know what Swansea's doing as far as uh, selling IU. I guess it's to fund the Baston deal, but why? Uh, it just feels like a weirdly even swap. I th- it's yeah. I don't know why you would sell. I have IU as their best or second best player. I don't know about you guys, but why would you sell your best or second best player for not insane money a week before the season starts to another team? Like Sean was mentioning, that's probably I, fighting around that same area. Yeah, I, I don't even like just at all is wrong. The fact that it's to another team just even worse. But it's I really don't get it. Um, yeah, they've brought in two strikers now, finally, but, like, that bad effect's not quite cancelled out, because they literally did not have a striker before, but it's not nearly as good than that they've sold one of their best players, uh, assuming this doesn't fall through, considering it's not official-official, but it's going to happen, right? The IU thing? Is the IU deal happening? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, I was pretty sure it's happening. Oh, right, um, I mean, Village said it in his press conference this evening, yeah. and, and you know, it's uh, it's a done deal. It's just he actually has to sign on the bottom. You know, he's done the medical everything. Yeah, yeah. He just actually has to sign the piece of paperwork. Personal terms agreed, everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I don't really get that from Swansea. I don't think they've had a very good summer at all. Um, West Brom, like I was saying pre-show, is going to be that team. They're kind of hanging around, but they have Pulis. They'll probably be fine. Um, Palace, I don't think, are in great shape. But, I don't know, there's some bad Premier League teams. I think Borough have done really well this summer, too. I don't even think of them being relegated. They'll probably hang around there, but I think they should be fine. Bournemouth could suffer from second-season syndrome, but Eddie Howe's a pretty good manager for that level of a team. I'm really worried for Swansea. I'm really, really worried for Swansea. I guess I'll put them in there, but I'm not happy about it. Sean, who do you think is going to end up that side of the table? Well, I'm going to cheat a bit, and I'm going to carry on from what I said before, where is, you know, I was asked this same question by the Liverpool Echo. Each year they asked me to do a pre-season bit from a West Ham point of view for both Liverpool and Everton, and, uh, and they ask who to tip for the title and who for relegation. I cheated somewhat. And, and carrying on, as I said, what I said, where it's maybe two leagues. I've picked my bottom 10 and said, pick any three from the bottom 10. Uh, <laughs> and so the bottom 10 are, are, are Watford Palace, uh, Swansea, Sunderland, West Brom, Burnley Hull, Bournemouth and uh, Middlesbrough. So I think any one of those could go down uh, this year. And... It will be a very fine. I think there will be a 10-point window. You know, we, we all know you've got to try and hit that 40 points. I think a lot of those uh, clubs we're talking about will, will struggle to get more than 50 points. Um, 
you know, Swansea, I, I've, I agree with you, Dan. I think they will struggle. AU is going to be a loss. Sunderland, I believe, will struggle without Big Sam, believe it or not. I'm going to disagree with you that I think they're going to have a good season. I think that um, Moyes might take a little time. West Brom, Police, uh, you know, they missed out on Sacco, as you probably heard. Um, That's fine. It was a I weird just, deal anyway. They were never going to play two strikers. Well, it's even weirder than that. You know, I don't know why they wanted him. You know, we all knew that he's got a back injury. <laughs> he probably wouldn't pass a medical. So we were just praying that he got He'd through. He'd somehow get through. <laughs> and, you know, so if we knew it, why didn't they know it? It seemed crazy, you know. To you just see the misread the word failed to pass. Like. You, know, at, you know, according to our insiders in the club, we'd be lucky to get our four million or three and a half million we paid for him now. Uh, we just Which is a shame, but he's a real bit. talent. He is, but he's a bit of a prima donna, and he's, he's prone to his back injury and other injuries. He's a, he's a bit of a sick note. Obviously, you know, uh, Burnley, Hull, Middlesbrough, um, it's, it's always difficult to come up, isn't it? And, you know, Bournemouth, I know what you say about Eddie Howe, but, um, you know, they were quite close to the to the, you know... The relegation stuff by the end of the season. The same with Watford. After Watford had such a great start, mm. so I think it, it's it's far too mm. too um, early to say who it is. So I I said ten. I think it's nine if you add them all up that I, I quoted there. You pick any three from those nine, then uh, you know they're they're, they're the likely uh, people to go down. Mm. Gladly, by the way, um, West Ham don't get quoted. <laughs> to be relegated and most fans and most outsiders uh, do see them finishing in the top 10 after last season so I'm glad of that because you know usually in these kinds of conversations we'd be talking about West Ham would be included mm. in in the possible yo-yo club that would possibly get relegated at the start of the season and you know with Billy starting his first year that, last year that's exactly people said oh you watch West Ham you know they've let Big Sam go you watch them get relegated just before they move into the Olympic Stadium. Um, and I think I'm hoping uh, that Dan would agree and Kevin would agree that, that those days are gone. And with, with the quality of Dimitri Payet and the quality of Lanzini and Creswell who's injured um, and Kuati, you know, that we're seen as a got a good squad. Mm. Uh, and while we might not be top four or top six, we, we are seen as a, a solid top ten side. Yeah, I'd definitely say that. I think Faguli, you got for a song. He struggled a lot last season, so it was understandable why, because he came on a free, um, yeah. but, but they hadn't extended him at all. Uh, I think he's a very good talent. You already had Lancini, who unfortunately is also injured. I, I think the only reason you could finish out of the top 10 is if either Cresswell or Lancini have setbacks in their, in their recoveries. Um, and I think that's why you brought in Torre. Uh, on the left, Gokantori was was to just kind of make sure you were fine in all situations. Um, they really have attacking midfielders to burn, really. They do. Gugli, they, they Pae, do. Lanzini, and Antonio, who's not Pae, actually a right Antonio. back, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. You you said, uh, or sorry, you didn't say. I think I saw earlier. Sam Byram was the one that played at left back today. Yeah, yeah. Which is a I problem mean, because he's also your healthiest right back. Yeah, but so. you know what? In in reality. Um, you know, we, we were missing a few players today. Um, I don't think you'd see that. Uh, I will predict, I mean, we are getting this guy in, and I, uh, apologies, I can't remember his name from Olympiacos, so I will have to learn his name oh, and remember like what it is. Oh, it's like Matsu... 
Ah, uh, give me a second. Don't try. It's fine. You're, you're right. <laughs> okay. Um, He's French. Anyway. The French, French guy on Olympiakos. Go to sofifa.com or transfermarkt. M-A-S-U-A-K-U. That's how you spell it. Boom. Yeah. Pronounce it your own barrel. So, Ogbonna, who our other centre-back is, I think he's left-footed. I don't know if you know that. But I, I think Obonna will move over to the left if we need him and provide real good cover for left back if required. And I would actually bring in, and you're going to be shocked at this, I would bring in Reese Oxford, 17-year-old Reese Oxford, as one of our permanent two centre-backs. It's I not even that shocking. Good. He's a supreme talent. He, he played his socks off last Thursday. And it's not very often a 17-year-old gets a chance in the Premier League nowadays, but I, I think he's that talent. And uh, I, I, as I say, I can see Obama moving to the left while we're waiting for Cresswell to come back. But we'll see. We'll see what, what we dip in the transfer market. Yeah, the Obama shot's a great one because he played as the left-sided centre-back in a three at the back um, when he was at Juventus. So just scooch him over a little bit more. He should at least be able to deputize. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I think injuries are the only reason you'd struggle there. Uh, I agree. Unfortunately, we love Jamie and, and the people over at uh, HCAFC Tiger Link um, who talk about Hull all the time, but neither of them have really done enough to convince me they're staying up. In fact, Hull have done enough the wrong direction to convince me they're going down. Uh, I think Jake wrote an article in the past couple of days that was uh, talking about if Hull are the worst prepared Premier League side in history. Which is very impressive considering uh, what happened with Pulis and Crystal Palace. What was that, two years ago? When uh, he just randomly bailed like the week before the season started. Um, but anyway, it, it's, it's uh, not looking good for those two. I agree. Everybody else is very interesting. I think uh, the fact that Watford had as good a season as they did last year, even though they did struggle down the stretch, as Sean mentioned, uh, is why people aren't questioning Middlesbrough. For me, I think Middlesbrough is a really interesting case because of what happened at Watford last season, where Watford brought in tons of players that hadn't played together before, and everybody was kind of making uh, analogies to QPR, who have often done that, just brought in players on way too high wages, didn't play for the club, or didn't uh, put forth as much effort as they could, um, as a lot of them were just there for a paycheck. But then Watford pulled it off last season. They felt safe the entire season, even though they were uh, struggling down the back stretch, as Sean mentioned. Um, but I think Middlesbrough are really benefiting from Watford's success last season because they've done a very similar thing, bringing in Negredo on loan, bringing in Victor Fisher, keeping Gaston Ramirez. There's, there's going to be a lot of changes there, bringing in Valdez and Guzan uh, as keepers. So there's been a lot of upheaval there. I think most people are assuming that the talent will carry them through, but it's very possible that that could go uh, the wrong direction as well. So as for that third team, I, I agree. It's it's crazy difficult to call. I think West Brom will find a way to stay up again. I agree. Swansea will be tough. Bournemouth, I think, will be okay. Getting uh, Gradell and Mings back, I think, is big. It is weird that they sold Tommy Elphick. We were talking earlier about Swansea selling IU. I mean, you look at uh, a club like... Bournemouth that just managed to stay up last season and then sold their captain to a championship side. I think that was a little bit of a strange one. Um, I think Palace will be just about fine. So, yeah, I agree with you. It really could be any of those teams. Watford maybe could regress a lot this year. If Dini or Agallo don't fire in the goals they were last season, they really don't have a lot of strength in the wings. They have a lot of defensive midfielders, but not really any creative ones. If that defense is just a little bit leakier, if Aurelio Gomez decides to turn into the 
really poor Gomez that he was towards his last days at Tottenham, I think Watford could really struggle. Uh, but as for this, if I had to put actual names on it, I'll say Hull, Burnley, and West Brom. But I assume West Brom will find a way. All right, and now we will head into Player Watch, where he's going to quickly talk about a player that we should keep our eyes on uh, this season. And by we, I mean neutrals. So, uh, Dan, who at Arsenal should people really be on the lookout for this season? You know, there's this crazy low-key guy called Mesut Ozil. He's pretty good. Um, uh, outside of him, it'll, I mean, lots of Arsenal fans want to make Chuba Akpom happen, but that's probably not going to happen. Of people that actually could happen, there's always the Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain had a good preseason, so now it's going to be the year of the Ox for like the fourth year in a row. So that might happen, maybe not, probably not. Um, Joel Campbell has had another good preseason, and when he played, he was pretty decent for us last year. Um, and Theo Walcott has had a good game today, which doesn't happen that often, but who knows? Maybe he's maybe he'll be 2012-2013 Theo this season and be good. Um, yeah, there's a lot of question marks of people who you wouldn't you wouldn't have known last year. I mean, Granite Xhaka didn't play for us last year, so that's something. Mohamed Elneny, if he gets minutes, could be good. Um, yeah, there's a lot of players who could be good or are already good. There's not that many that, like, no one's heard of, though. But So I guess for player watch, mm. I'll go for, like, Xhaka, because he didn't play for us last year. Yeah. Uh, from a fantasy, fantasy side, which this is a very tough call considering he's been at your club for like six days, uh, any thoughts on holding who may have to hold down that spot for the first couple weeks? I don't think it's going to be the first couple weeks. That's the thing. I just saw, well, I was, I just saw a tweet for about that. I think he might play the first game, but it's against Liverpool, and I'd be surprised if we keep a clean sheet. And then Koscielny will be back for Leicester, and I'll be surprised if we don't have a center back in by then. So And you're not guaranteed he'll play over Chambers. I think if it came to a push, I'd say he might, but you really don't know. So I wouldn't really go for holding unless you're desperate. And yeah. for just a good fantasy player, the Alexis Sanchez guy and Mesodoso guys are pretty good. Yep, heard of them. Uh, really? All right, Shocking. Sean. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sean, we've already mentioned a few uh, with Sam Byram oh. and then... Uh, uh, bring up Reese Oxford. Is there well, anybody we, else that we should? We got a player actually that's better than Ozil. He's called Dimitri Payet. Um, I, I, don't know heard of him. I mean, they're both just mediocre Christian Eriksen, so that's fine. Uh, he, <laughs> you know, he is the player. So if you, you know, like seventy percent of people on fantasy will have him in his team. Let's be honest. Um, so, I mean, we've mentioned a few players. Interestingly, how Torre um, adapts to the Premier League uh, from Gal- not Galatasaray. Uh, absolutely so we, we'll see how he adapts um for Gooley will be interesting you know what we've seen so far he looks good as well but the one i'm going to say to watch is someone who actually hasn't started playing for west ham yet but we've done a deal it's a loan deal with an option to buy we are hoping to reproduce the thing with um lanzini we did last year a south american He's representing uh, Argentina at the Olympics at the moment, and that is Jonathan Caleri. And yeah. uh, he's done a deal with West Ham on loan. Uh, won't be completed till after uh, Argentina gets knocked out of the Olympics. Uh, Barcelona wanted him, but he'd already uh, signed a pre-contract with West Ham to, to do this, and he's going to honour that. So I think he might be a little gem, uh, and we might find out that he turns into you know another Lanzini and and um really takes the Premier League by storm um 
whether he's, you know, there's always that thing, is he, is he physical enough for the Premier League? But, you know, they've said that about a lot of players and, and they've proved them wrong. So if, if, if there was a, a gamble to say he's the one to what I would, I would hope that he, he turns out to be a, a, a very good find. Yeah, Caleri, uh, Tottenham were also sniffing around as well through Pochettino's uh, Argentinian connections. Uh, I, I do think he, Lanzini was able to kind of blossom last year. I think Caleri is more of those that you'll really be looking for in like two years. But, but he's very talented, and if he can get playing time, you know, there's, there's every chance he could make a difference for you. Uh, I already did this last week, so I'll talk about positions we need to strengthen. Uh, we need, and, and this is very heavily based on what I've seen from Liverpool, we just need an actual speed merchant. On one of the wings, um, because is that not in Kudu? Well, we haven't signed him, so well, okay. <laughs> in, in theory, in theory, yes. But in Kudu is still kind of a young building player. So while he has that top flight pace, is it worth replacing Lamella or Ali with him just to get that dynamicism in there? And I, I'm not so sure about that. So that would be really nice if Nkudu gets done. I'll take it. I won't ask for any more wingers. Um, but, you know, being linked with the likes of Buffal, I think, is more interesting. But he has, you know, less pace there. Um, so we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what we do there. But I think that's really what's needed. I would have liked a right-sided center back. I love Cameron Carter-Vickers. He is such a physical menace already. Um, but I, I'm just not super confident with our right center back depth being... Alderweireld, Dyer, who's in our starting eleven as a defensive midfielder, and Cameron Carter-Vickers, who was playing for the U21s. Obviously, we've had a lot of young players come through and and make their mark in the past. And if this was a Europa League season, I would have no problem with it. But the fact that any rotation at right center back requires either another starter or a youth player, I'm just not super comfortable uh, comfortable with that. But it doesn't really seem like we're going to be doing much else. So. Um, I guess just need to buckle in, hope the Nkudu thing gets done, and then ignore Sky Sports on deadline day because this is not going to be one of those Tottenham chasing people on the last day windows. So you're not going to try and sign Giamatinho? I don't think so, nor do I think we're going to sign Sedu Berahino. Um, But I do expect to get an angry tweet from Berahino on the last day when his move to Stoke or Palace or whoever else fails. Uh, all right, uh, so now we will head into uh, previews. We're, we're running out of time here a little bit, um, but we're only a week away from the start of the Premier League season. We don't have Thursday shows officially anymore, so we may as well just get into it. Uh, I will start off talking about Everton uh, versus Tottenham. I think it's an interesting one to start the season. Obviously, Everton have a new manager in play. John Stones has giant question marks around his future at Everton. It looks like they're holding on to Lukaku for now. Although Chelsea are sniffing around. I think Chelsea are in this really weird holding pattern because they're waiting to see if they'll sell Costa, but they don't want to sell Costa until they're sure they can get Lukaku, but they can't commit on Lukaku till they're sure Costa is going. And so they just need one of those things to shift a little bit, I think, before any of that happens. And I think it's entirely possible that none of it happens. And then end of the window, Everton still have Lukaku, Chelsea still have Costa. But for now, Everton do have him. I think Gerard Delefeu is going to have a big year. Uh, with more minutes, I don't think there's any way that a second manager in a row will think that Aaron Lennon is better on the right wing. Um, so I'd expect that. I think Barkley might find a little more consistency this year just because it would be hard for him to be less consistent. Uh, and I thought the Idrissa Gaye slash Ghana signing was a very inspired one. I think a lot of people don't recognize how terrific he was for Aston Villa just because Aston Villa were poor last season. Um, but he he was very spectacular, and the the idea of just plugging him next to McCarthy already makes 
their defense better, regardless of what actually happens in their back line, because both of them are are very good at, at both intercepting and tackling in the midfield. So uh, I think it'll be a tough one. Uh, if we hadn't had the 6-1 um, win against Inter Milan, again, preseason friendlies, don't put too much weight in them, but we hadn't looked that great before then, but seeing some of the, the star guys back from their Euro duty um, and seeing seeing how well they were playing, I think we'll be just fine. I'm going to say we win this one 2-1. All right, and Dan, Arsenal are facing Liverpool. Probably going to be one of the highlighted matches of the week. What do you see in this one? Uh, I have no idea how this is going to go because I have no idea who we're going to play. I thought I had a pretty good idea of what would have been our back seven going in, but now Gabrielle's dead. And so either it's going to be Chambers and Holding or maybe we're assigned a center back. I'm not really sure. And then the front four, I have zero clue who's going to play. Um... I, Alexis will probably play because um, he played today against City. Outside of that, I don't know. Um, Awobi could play. Campbell could play. Theo could play. Ox could play. I really don't know who's going to occupy those four spots. Um, and then there's Ram- or one of Ramsey or Cazorla either has to um, not play or go into the front four, which would be another spot taken. I really have no idea who we're going to play. And Liverpool is going to be a very, very tough game, especially with uh, Jurgen Klopp pressing sides. We weren't very good against pressing sides last year. Um, Xhaka should help, or at least while Xhaka and not playing uh, Coquelin. Hopefully it's hopefully midfield is Xhaka and Cazorla, which is much more press-resistant. But even with those two, it's going to be tough to do it without our, uh, without Mesut Ozil, without Lauren Koscielny, with who God knows at centre-back. It's going to be tough. I'd probably take a draw. Yeah, I really I really don't know how it's going to go because I don't know what our team's going to look like right now. So it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of chaos. <laughs> It'll be fun for you guys to watch, not really for me. but Yeah, and going from that chaos to rivalry chaos, Sean, you're going to have Chelsea the first week away at Stamford Bridge. What do you think is going to happen in this one? First of all, I want to say I missed out on the ticket because West Ham bought in a new away priority system. And they mucked it up on their first, uh, first. you had to have a certain amount of points, you had to ring online. I had the right number of points, uh, but didn't manage to get a ticket due to a technical issue. So I'm very upset about that. Uh, but I'm away now anyway, so it doesn't, I'm going to get over it. Um, as I said, defensively, I think we look a little bit shaky. Um, so I hope Chelsea get off to a poor start. Um, I'm not brave enough to predict to win. So, and, and, and I would hate to predict a loss against our arch rivals. Um, so I'm going to predict a draw. Um, and I think defensively, both sides will, will leak some goals. Let's, let's say a 2-2 thriller at uh, uh, Stamford Bridge. Not at Manila, but uh, <laughs> 2-2 thriller yeah. nonetheless. All right, well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Why don't you tell the folks where they can find you? Uh, thanks for having me on. You can still find me at on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Hi, um, you can find me at West Ham Football. Um, I'm also, we've just done an outside broadcast for the Juventus game, and that will be uh, more than just a podcast, more as in Bobby Moore. So that's www.morethanjustapodcast.co.uk. Uh, um, and, and I write... West Ham News every day at Clarence Hugh, www.clarencehugh.info. Cheers. 
Yeah, and I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. You can find me on Twitter at Kevroff. I did fantasy rankings over at uh, soccer.rasball.com this week. I'll also have a new fantasy article going up this week over on theeaglesbeak.com. Also, uh, go check out uh, playtaga.com and blog.playtaga.com as they ramp up. They have all their draft stuff. We'll have our experts draft on Tuesday, so be sure to check out uh, all the stuff that's going to be happening with them. Also, did an appearance uh, on uh, Total Football with uh, Steve Gennaro and Dave Hendrick, both of whom have been on this show. Um, and there'll be extended stuff on that uh, going forward, but we'll talk about that more when it actually happens. Uh, and also check out the championship roundtable, which uh, Jake Jackman of Newcastle fame uh, is hosting on our channel. So it's in our podcast feed, so I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, just give it a click, why don't you? And listen to everything that's happening down in the championship. They had an excellent show this week, so thought I would give them some love here as well. Kev, Kev there's one thing yeah. I forgot to mention, which, which mm-hmm. I wound up Liverpool fans this, this week. Dave Hendrick re- <laughs> retweeted it. I, I sent a picture, I don't know if you've seen the Olympic Stadium, but there's some, some seats behind the scaffolding, behind the goal, that yep. don't see the pitch. And I tweeted out a picture of this and said, West Ham have announced a new band six for £99 with no view on the pitch. And, <laughs> and Liverpool fans took this seriously and said, what the, you know, and expletives, only West Ham, this is terrible, and things. And I said, but you have free Wi-Fi, you can watch the game on your iPad. And uh, <laughs> watching scaffolding, and I said, no, no, West Ham will change the picture every week. They'll put a new picture up of players and stuff like that. And I would just say, it wasn't just Liverpool fans, other people. There's a lot of gullible people out there. And just for the record, West Ham don't have any season tickets without a view of the pitch. It was a joke, guys. <laughs> the seats are, to clarify, the seats are there. They just aren't used. The seats when they, are there. The, the picture is, right. there's some claret and blue seats that are, that, that are used in athletics mode, but they actually don't have a view of the pitch. So, right. so they're not used in football mode. It was a joke, guys, honestly. Get <laughs> he promises. Oh, uh, yes, right. yes. <laughs> dum dum dum. Uh-huh. All right. Well, that is super it for us, but very funny nonetheless. Uh, but thank you guys so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure as always, and we hope you keep listening. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.